Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR, HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado, and uh, we're going to be talking about ayahuasca today. I'm just going to start there. I'm going to invite you in even deeper. I know some of you already know that. Some of you have been channel surfing and are like, ooh, did I come to the right place? And if you're somebody who's undecided and you want to learn about ayahuasca, there's a lot of controversy about its benefits, um, the effects, and so on and so forth. But whatever the case um, we want to invite you to actually get here before we go there. <laughs> I love inviting people to deepen or develop practice. That's what this show stands for, uh, in relationship with yourself, other, and the world. One of the ways that we like to do that on this program before we start any real deep conversation is to arrive. And the invitation is to find your breath. That's a portal. If that feels right for you, Go ahead and find that breath. Notice where it is in your body. Allow yourself to just arrive in your body, letting your nervous system Yeah, just just there you go. Oh, I feel some of that. I can feel it in myself. I often feel my shoulders drop away from my earlobes. I'm not what's I'm not sure what's happening for you. But that level of presence that we can create through breath is pretty powerful. And it's free. I love that part, too. We don't have to pay anything, for real. <laughs> All right. As you're breathing in and out, enjoying the gift of your own presence, you might feel stirred or relaxed. Just noticing. It's all we're doing. Just noticing as you are getting more present so we can receive our guest, Rachel Harris's presence that she's coming with today. She's written an amazing book, Listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. That's what we're going to be talking about um, with Rachel this hour. But before we get there even, the next practice I would invite you to is to cultivate a perspective of gratitude. And that's not a cliche. I mean, it could be if you like cliches, but I'm inviting you to... See if you can climb through this portal. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now or who you're being right now? It could be a really simple conjuring of one individual. It could be some association you have with something deeply important that's happening in the world. It could be the food in your belly. Whatever it is, just let yourself travel and expand into that inquiry and see how it affects your 
experience of gratitude, it's not easy to be grateful when we have a lot on our plate. We feel overwhelmed sometimes, stressed out. But what we notice is, is when we're grateful, we do expand. We can give and receive energy more freely. There's a lot of research on this. Um, and you have your own personal experience, which is even better than all that research in some ways, in most ways. So go ahead and go down your list of folks who make it possible for you to do what you do. And uh, we're going to mention three folks, um, three organizations, in fact, who help us do what we're doing here at Marian Live. The OneWorldChildrensFund.org, if you're online, uh, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They are our honorary sponsor here at Marian Live. At the national level, we have the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. They make this program possible, and 100% of their proceeds goes to programming just like this. And at the local level, we have the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California. They've got the latest in meditation and revelation, they say. And some pretty interesting folks have been uh, in and out of that bookstore over the last 30 years. And uh, that leads me to what we're doing here. Yeah, on Marian Live, we interview authors, folks who have devoted their lives spiritual teachers, professors, practitioners, healers alike who have devoted their lives to helping us um, become who we are, to be in better relationship with ourselves, each other, and the world. And um, once again, we have a very special guest for you who's going to be talking to us about a subject that you may or may not know anything about. You may have a deep relationship with ayahuasca. You may have heard about ayahuasca you may be curious, whatever the case, we're going to be talking with uh, Rachel Harris about her new book, Listening to Ayahuasca. It's based on uh, years of research and ongoing study, and we're going to talk about what inspired Rachel to do this work. But let me tell you a little bit about our guest, and then we will get on to uh, the psychedelic brew from the Amazon rainforest. Um, Rachel Harris is a Ph.D., and she's received a National Institutes of Health New Investigators Award She's published more than 40 scientific studies in peer-reviewed journals and has worked as a psychological consultant to Fortune 500 companies and the United Nations. She lives off an island on the coast of Maine, which I love. <laughs> and she's joining us here today to talk about her, her new body of work. Thanks for joining us, Rachel. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Marianne. So, ayahuasca, I'll have to tell you, when I saw the spelling on your book, I, it, it occurred to me I didn't even know how to spell it. Right, right, right. <laughs> the name is an invocation. It's a gorgeous word. What do we know about ayahuasca and what it means as a you word? You know, the, the translation is the vine of the spirits, and that refers to the, the capacity in this. We call it a medicine. We call the tea a medicine as opposed to a drug. It, but the vine of the spirits, it refers to that capacity to open the portal to the to the to the people who have passed on. Mm. And many, many people after ceremonies report that they uh, had the opportunity to communicate with loved ones they had lost. Mm-hmm. And, and even to resolve old business with them. I mean, it's really a communication and an interaction. So that, um, the derivation of this plant medicine is in South America, correct? From the Amazon rainforest. Okay. It's, uh, the tea is a mixture of two plants. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question always arises, how did the indigenous peoples know to combine those two plants specifically of all the many thousands of plants in the forest? And the answer that they give to anthropologists 
who asked this question, uh, the indigenous people say the plants told us. For them, it's very simple. They did. They they were instructed. Wow. Yeah, and that points to the concept of uh, the spirit of ayahuasca as a plant teacher, as as a, a, a sentient being, someone who can communicate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a scientist. All right, May, let's make that leap. I'm a psychologist, <laughs> but trust me, I, you know, I have to. I mean, I have trouble with my own experiences. <laughs> right. So, uh, a scientist in that that you've been working on this particular body of research for quite some time, um, and have done um, a study, correct? Yeah, I, I did an original study. It was, it was uh, peer-reviewed and published in the Journal yeah. of Psychoactive Drugs. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, with my other studies, it does make me a psychological scientist. <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, I, there were 81 people in North America. I wanted to know uh, what happens to people after the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So I was interested in how Westerners were using this medicine that was coming from this other culture. Right. And because I'm a, I've been a therapist for 35 years, too, so I asked therapeutic questions. How are you different? How is your life different? You, you, you know, what, what's the therapeutic value? What's yeah. your experience yeah. of what happens afterwards? I, I particularly avoided all the, the grandiose stories of the visions and the experiences and the details of what went on in, during the ceremony. I wanted to know what was the therapeutic benefit. Mm-hmm. And what did you find? What was the therapeutic benefit and that led to this research in this book? Yes, exactly. I, you know, the, 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 I can enumerate them. The first, the first finding that people most often report is I feel more self-accepting, more compassionate toward myself. Mm-hmm. So there's a, it's not self-esteem in that old 80s kind of way that mm-hmm. I, I'm great, mm-hmm. I feel better mm-hmm. about myself. It's that I feel kinder toward myself. I'm more mm-hmm. accepting, mm-hmm. you know, with all my foibles, I'm more accepting. Mm-hmm. The other thing is people reported relief from mood, mood disorders like depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt they had more objective distance if those feelings came up, mm-hmm. and they weren't so captured. So many people reported, I mean, this is what I call the, uh, a miracle cure. Some people the next morning said, my depression lifted and it has never returned, and I only was in one ceremony. So it's not dependent on the medicine. It's not like they continue to use the medicine. It lifted and, and they are different. Um, and that's mysterious in itself. We don't have a Western way of explaining that. Um, but because people felt kinder, more accepting of themselves, they felt better in terms of their moods, they were more available and interested in authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. You can see how that leads right into that. Mm-hmm. And that, that word authentic is the word that people most frequently use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people also reported improvements in health behaviors, including uh, never touching alcohol again, mm-hmm. even for some people who were in trouble with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I followed up many people for five, seven years, and they never went back to drinking. So this is, you know, this is one of these miracle things that happens mm-hmm. for some people, not everyone, some people, though. And people often reported just eating better, mm-hmm. more fruits and vegetables, more exercise, healthier habits. And then the other, the other little piece, which is not so little, is people had 
spiritual transformations. They had epiphanies about their relationship to the universe and their sense of their personal philosophy and where they fit in the world and how they see themselves in the world. That all shifted. And uh, that could be, for some people, a revelation. It could be disturbing for others. But there's a real shift in worldview that happens. I'm not sure if this question fits here, and we might bookmark it if you feel like it's right. But you said in the beginning of the program that this is a plant medicine, not a drug. Wondering if there's something about that differentiation that really lends to what you're talking about. In other words, that if it's natural, right, that this is a fractal in some way. It's something bigger, which we're going to get into later, I think, right, about the spirit right. part. But does that fit here? Well, I, you know, I don't know where it fits because, uh, you know, what you're referring to is in my research, three-quarters of the people, I had 81 people, 81 subjects in the study, three-quarters of them, I think that's about 54, reported that they had an ongoing relationship with the spirit of ayahuasca. Yeah. Now, how do we understand that in, from a Western point of view? Right. I don't think I've recovered from this yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, James Hillman probably would have thrown in the polypsychological point of view, right, that there are all these parts of ourselves, or Jung might have said this is archetypal and we're tapping in. But it sounds like there's lots of layers to this particular way of healing. Well, you know, when when I was interpreting the results, I did turn to Jung. That was he had the best framework for looking at this. And if you if you look at his red book, it's really based on his own relationships with spirit. That's right. And he really says his whole approach to to psychology and therapy came out of his own depth experience with communication with spirit. Beautiful. So there you are, you're fascinated, you've done some research, and then at that point, had you done ayahuasca? Had you experienced it yourself personally? How, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, my example is the exact opposite of what I recommend. I tell people to be very careful, learn all you can know. This is a potentially high-risk situation. Be careful where you're going, what you're drinking, who you're with. I have to say I just sort of fell into it. Mm -hmm. I was looking for a beach vacation in February from New Jersey. I mean, I thought that was the same thing to do. And two days before I left, somebody from the retreat center calls me and says, are you going to participate in these ceremonies? And I said brilliantly, what ceremonies? (laughs) I knew nothing. So I found out there were some Ecuadorian shaman who were in Costa Rica leading ceremonies, and this was available to me. And so I was out of that child. My daughter, I finished rearing my daughter, basically. She was finishing graduate school. I had more freedom. So I was at that time of my life where I could enter into these other worlds. So it was perfectly timed Mm -hmm. for me. So through your book, which, by the way, if you're just joining us, everybody, uh, listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety, Rachel Harris, Ph.D., is joining us. Um, Throughout the book, you break down not only what ayahuasca is, um, uh, culturally, the benefits, the you, know, you really do take us through the gamut of understanding at many layers. So trust me, if you miss something, have a question, you want to get a copy of the book, it's probably in Rachel's book. That said, um, 
when we approach this subject, like you said just a moment ago, and we're not educated and we have lore, right, to lean into, or what we've heard or the, the hyperbole around ayahuasca, this can be a dangerous thing. But it, it worked out for you. You found yourself called in some way and had an awakening yourself or, or a, an experience. I'd love for you to tell us about it and then talk about why this could be dangerous and why it wasn't for you. Well, my first experience was really, um, in some ways, maybe the most uh, bonding experience with the medicine. I mean, even that word is an unusual word, but it, I, I felt... Uh, the medicine gave me the opportunity to re-experience my father's dying, which had happened seven or eight years before I, I encountered these ceremonies. So um, I had had an experience as, as he was dying in my home. I brought him home to die under hospice care. I had had an out-of-body experience where I traveled part of the way with him as he was dying. And there's actually a term for this. It's called a shared death experience. I didn't know about it at the wow. time. And some nurses will experience this when they they sit, or, or hospice volunteers, when they um, keep someone company while they're while they're dying. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they experience actually traveling with the person. And so for me, I when I realized I was in my home and I had left my body and shot up through the through the roof up into the cosmos. And as soon as I realized that, I I became very frightened and I brought myself right back down. But then I felt, well, did, what did I miss because of my fear? This was an incomplete experience and yet I didn't want to really die. Mm -hmm. And so this was my intention in my first ayahuasca ceremony was to be able to go back to that time and, and allow myself to complete that experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And I, again, shot out of my body all the way up into the cosmos and the universe and the, the darkness of the, mm -hmm. of the dark and the mm -hmm. stars. And it was, um, you know, that's where there's no sense of self. I can't say I experienced that spaciousness. Mm -hmm. it, everything just was. Mm -hmm. um, and, and gradually I came back down. And so for me there was immense gratitude to finish my last conversation with my father, to travel with him, to um, go through this whole experience, and and I felt it gave me um, some, perhaps I don't, I won't know for a while, some preparation for my own death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the next morning, I just I wanted to ask the shaman, how did how did this medicine do this? How did it know for me this was specifically what I needed? How did this happen? I was asking all kinds of Western therapeutic questions, even with a translation to the shaman, they couldn't care less. They didn't want it. That's not their world. So there was no no way to bridge the different cultures. But these were my Western psychotherapy questions, and eventually that's what grew into the research. Right. It led you to help us understand um, the benefits of using this plant medicine uh, in a myriad of ways, by the way. Um, that you, some of which you've mentioned early on, um, including uh, speaking with folks on the other side to addiction, to um, all kinds of um, challenges that we often go and 
uh, addressed in psychotherapeutic settings, correct? Yes, that's correct. And yeah. sometimes I, I'm concerned that I'm a little too enthusiastic about the therapeutic potential. So let me pick up what some of the warnings are, because there is a downside, and you asked about what are the dangers. Yep. And uh, so certainly um, the, the, the concern biochemically is not to mix antidepressants with ayahuasca. People have to be really off anything like Prozac or effects or any, any antidepressants because there's a risk of too much serotonin in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a history of psychosis, that's also not a good idea. There's just too much risk of a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, there's no way to know who this might happen to. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I can tell you a little story because I had my own sort of, um, uh, sort of immature fantasy that if, well, if someone has a psychotic break and they're with a legitimate shaman, the shaman will know what to do. There'll be mm-hmm. an alternative way of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking with a friend of mine who has worked for a few decades with a shaman, and um, she said she witnessed a Westerner having a psychotic break. And the shaman said, we have to ship you out. We have to get you to a hospital as soon as possible. He had no miracle cure for him. Yeah. So we have to be realistic. Yeah. So there are real risks. You, you also mentioned that anxiety is a concern, right? Um, people who are challenged with anxiety disorders that might not be the best candidates. I read that in one of the chapters. You know, that could go either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, uh, you know, I'm sorry to say, people sometimes, um, anxiety can be an issue, and, and I can talk about that more. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go to break. Don't worry. Sit tight. We'll be back with uh, our author today. Uh, Rachel Harris is joining us. Listening to Ayahuasca is the title of her new book. When we come back, more when we return. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. everybody. We're so glad you're here. Author Rachel Harris is joining us. She's written a book called Listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. And right before we went to break, uh, Rachel, we were talking about some of the um, downsides or the shadowy sides of uh, using this plant medicine. And you were just about to finish a thought about anxiety being another potential risk but it also may be um, potentially healing in that area. So let's continue on. Yes, and I was saying there's no way to know ahead of time which way a person's experience is going to go. But there have been reports that people have panic attacks, um, feeling that they're never going to come down. This is true of all the psychedelics, that maybe they've, um, they're permanently high and they don't want to be anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most important thing for the whole community of people who are using any of these medications or drugs is that we don't leave people alone when they're anxious. Mm -hmm. And certainly this is kind of the first rule of the harm reduction that's done at big music festivals is the people who are helping basically give the message, I will stay with you until you feel you're really complete Mm -hmm. and okay again. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful not to leave people alone. Mm All right, well, we're going to back up before we go forward and just do a a run-through on what someone, I mean, there's a myriad of places anymore where people can go and have these experiences, underground places. (laughs) Only Californians talk like that. (laughs) Yes, that would be me. Here in California, there are a variety of places, and across the world, so I've heard. Rachel, you're the expert here on this program. Tell us about where, how, and ceremonially speaking, one might go through this process. Like, and, you know, is it a liquid? Is it a pill? You know, what, what can someone expect? I, ayahuasca is, is, is a viscous liquid. It's sort of like drinking mud out of a cup. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't have the perfect answer to your question, what's the safest way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, even if people go to South America where it's legal, um, they are very far away from medical care, and some of the shaman have been known to take advantage of Western women, and so rape has been reported. Mm. So, um, you know, the best I can say is check everything out really carefully. Make sure you're getting really good referrals mm-hmm. in terms of who's running the ceremony and what the medicine actually is. Okay. All right, thank you for that. So now let's drop into... You've alluded to who might be a good candidate. Um, I'd like to speak a little bit more to that. Uh, and then the variety of things that we might want to address when using ayahuasca and how it relates to your study as an entree in. Okay? Okay. So, um, for example, I remember reading a study about um, people who had thick 
boundaries versus thin boundaries as a psychic, as a metaphor for people who might um, do well to um, metabolize an ex- uh, existential experience, uh, their dream state, etc. People who have a stronger ego structure might be a way of saying it, another way of saying it. But in your opinion, do you think that the average person is a candidate for this kind of medicine inquiry? Um, and we'll just go from there. What would you say about that? Yeah, you know what I, I would answer in a totally unpsychological way? <laughs> and I would say, um, and this is generally accepted in, in the community of people who are familiar with ayahuasca, is we don't push it on anyone. It's a very powerful psychedelic experience. And the person sort of needs to be called or feel that they're ready for it. Maybe, uh, you know, people have said, I've been having dreams about ayahuasca. And that's sort of a calling that they're reporting. Beautiful. Okay. Very well said. I love that. And I think um, a lot of us have a relationship with feeling called to one thing or another, and this is no different in that sense. Right. So let's say one is called. What are, and, and as it relates to your study, and the research that you've been doing uh, that your book is so beautifully offering us uh, a peek into. Um, What are some of the ways um, or some of the issues that are fairly common that people want to use this medicine to help them deal with? We talked about them in the beginning of the show, but now let's uh, bring each one up front and maybe give us us an example of how ayahuasca might help. Right. You know, um... The Westerners tend to seek ayahuasca for psycho-spiritual healing. So that's, and even though that's one word, it's kind of a new word, psycho-spiritual, it's really two distinct and sometimes overlapping layers. I don't know if that makes sense. But there's real psychological family of origin work that needs to be done. Uh, And I can give a bunch of examples about that. People sometimes see um, as if they're watching a, a, a movie of a scene from their childhood that might have been traumatic or might have just, they, they just need to go back and watch the scene for understanding something that happened to them. Some people go back and actually re-experience a trauma so that they're in the scene. So these are different ways people go back to their, their childhood memories and sometimes they even go back to things that they didn't consciously remember. Mm-hmm. But then they, they need psychological help often to work through this. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing that happens is people sometimes get family information, family secrets are revealed during ayahuasca ceremonies. You know, someone has no way of knowing. So one example is a woman came out of a ceremony and said, I realize that my mother is not my biological mother. She's actually my grandmother. My sister is my biological mother. And that was the family secret. You better believe that was the family wow, secret. Wow, right. And so she goes home and she talks to the family and they, they say, how in the world did you ever find out? Now, and, and this is how she found out. So there's family of origin work that, as a psychotherapist for all these decades, I'm a big, you know, I think we all have family of origin work we have to work on. Um, and so sometimes there's trauma from, er, from our early childhood that needs to be worked on. Sometimes it's just straightforward family dynamics. Sometimes it's generational, and it includes other generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, but but we have no idea, and we don't even have a lot of control over what comes up mm-hmm. during a ceremony. Mm-hmm. So sometimes 
people report um, help with current relationship problems, mm -hmm. and that emerges. Um, I got a call the other day from a woman who said she, her word was she shape-shifted, and she had this ecstatic experience of being a jaguar. So that's not a family of origin problem. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shamanic archetype happening to her. And, you know, what does it mean? Where is that experience going to lead her? We don't know yet. But that's certainly something that's now alive in her that she didn't have that connection to before. So the range is really quite extraordinary. And, and other people have ecstatic experiences of feeling like a child of the universe, loved in the way they always wanted to be. And that can be um, both a, an, an ecstatic spiritual experience and also a very healing psychological experience. Mm -hmm. and, and in that sense, that's a corrective experience mm -hmm. from, the, from the realm of psychotherapy. Beautiful. Okay, when we come back, I'm going to ask Rachel about her ontological crisis. How do we know that we are even here? <laughs> what is the nature of reality in my relationship to that? When we return right after these messages, don't touch that dial. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered No More Love, love life, life Drama for us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 in car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Okay, everybody, we're so glad you are back with us. Uh, Rachel Harris has written a beautiful book for us, Listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. And before we get to how we can measure the benefits of some of those inquiries we talked about, which is part of what your book and your research has offers us, 
um, a myriad of ways that ayahuasca can help. I mentioned before we went to the break um, that I was curious about your ontological um, challenge, where you had to face your own uh, uh, agnostic uh, posture and, and what came up for you, and we'd love to hear that story. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the first to admit that I'm actively still suffering ontologically. I had to look up what the word meant. <laughs> um, well, let's tell folks, though, because some people don't know what that means. It's a big word. Well, it's, it's sort of the study of being and how we understand uh, our existence and, and what reality is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I was raised to be uh, an intellectual agnostic. And I didn't even realize that was a belief system. And um, I was okay with, I, I actually heard a voice. I mean, I actually encountered an audible voice that was not one of my inner voices that, that I felt came from Grandmother Ayahuasca. And I was somehow okay with that. I mean, I heard a voice that said, do the research. And that didn't upset me. I I thought, well, that's a, I'm a per, the perfect person to do the research. I'll do this. <laughs> so that was fine with me, and I was very enthused, and I was on sort of a mission, and, and I had the ability, the skill, and the training to do the research and the help from other people. But then when I found in my research study that three-quarters of the people also had a relationship with ayahuasca, I, I have never recovered from that. Mm-hmm. And somehow that made that basically i mean the best way to say it is that's what blew my mind mm-hmm. i just i just that meant somehow that this was real mm-hmm. and um i have really not recovered from that so mm-hmm. i did what any sort of academic would do is i asked religion professors <laughs> you know <laughs> who's this voice that i'm yeah. hearing yeah. and so i asked bob foreman a friend of mine on the east coast and he, i love bob foreman no i know him he's <laughs> awesome yes well, he's brilliant yes he is I mean, he's one of the top scholars on he mysticism is. he is so I'm at his place, and after breakfast, we're sitting around, and I said, so, Bob, you know, what am I hearing? What is this voice? And he had no problems. He said, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that helped. You know, if he doesn't know, okay, that's pretty good. Then there was another time on the West Coast. I was with Houston Smith in a family situation having breakfast again, and I asked him, and he gave me the exact same answer, <laughs> totally independently. Yeah. That really gave me permission to stay with we don't know. Yeah. That's, that's basically called a liminal, L-I-M-I-N-A-L, it's a threshold. It's sort of between worlds. Yeah. And so there I am immersed in this mystery between the ayahuasca world and our material world. And I, all I can do is kind of breathe as we started our, our interview, mm-hmm. breathe into that world and, and sort of learn to become more comfortable with not knowing with the, that mystery. Mm, beautiful. And For, so I, don't, I just want to say again, I don't feel resolved. Yeah. And when people are um, disturbed by their belief system being shaken up, I'm, I understand it completely. Yeah. The big questions, those existential questions, why am I here, what are we doing here, et cetera, et cetera. You added to that question um, a question which is, what what happens after we die? Right. Exactly. I mean, these are the big mysteries in right. life. Exactly. So it's an ongoing inquiry. Um, I think in our Western culture we like that linear, progressive kind of way of knowing, and this seems more like a spiral, uh, and uh, we have to be 
I don't know, um, I guess okay with not knowing, but knowing something's real, right? That's what epistemological is, isn't it, right? Yes, trusting my own experience. Yeah. So how but, but then the therapeutic question is, how does, how does that not knowing change me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does. There's a a new sort of flexibility and weightiness yeah. in me that I experience yeah. Yeah. Uh, that goes along with this not knowing. So here we are, all of us trying to seek some alleviation, some understanding, using ayahuasca. Uh, some folks are, are relying on this particular ally, if you want to call it that. This, yeah. This this spirits guide, this plant medicine, all of the variations that, that, that Grandmother uh, Ayahuasca takes, you say? Yes. Um, and so how we come to her, if you believe that it's a her, uh, how we are called to her for the myriad of reasons we are, your own, um, uh, you know, concerns and questions, many of them still unanswered. The question that I have at this point is, Okay, so we find it, we use it, and then how do we know it did anything? Do you know, that's part of what your research included, looking at how do we know we have been changed. Yes. That's the measure of health, which in our culture, this, the Western culture's definition of health is being symptomless. I mean, you know, how do we know that something happened and, and if it's lasting? That's the other thing we like in our culture. We want it to last and be permanent well that is that's why I, I keep in touch with a lot of people and and following people up and and the question is always what what how has your life changed basically what are you doing differently in your life so I, I can give you one example this is a man who's had maybe he's been in half a dozen ayahuasca ceremonies from what I can tell they he, he said they're, they're, the leader is sort of like a disc jockey he plays music this is not a high level <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm sort of snotty about it and think, oh my goodness, recorded music, not a real shaman, and yet he's reporting that uh, he's feeling his heart is being cleansed and opened. That's his experience, and then he begins to say, and he's choosing, uh, he's he's more interested in authentic relationships and less interested in just playing the field. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, this is a man who has played the field uh, for his whole lifetime, and he's over 60. Wow. So this is a huge change yes. in his relationships. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked with him recently, and he began to describe how he chose a woman he's seeing, and she's completely different from anybody he's ever seen before because she's kind and generous and loving and he's never, he always chose pe- women who were like his mother, mm-hmm. who was cold and mm-hmm. withholding. And so this is a whole different relationship he's starting. Now that's a behavioral change in relationships that's very significant. Mm-hmm. You used a term, and I'm trying to find it in my notes, something that William James called a discontinuous transformation yeah it's that right okay transformation and that that, in simple terms it seems like it's kind of a breakthrough that it comes Mm -hmm. out of nowhere Mm -hmm. that there's a huge leap and i've i've sometimes described ayahuasca as a you know a rocket boost to your 
development. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how ayahuasca can amplify what's going on. Uh, you can have breakthroughs, you can heal, and and more. Right here on Marion Live, back in just a minute, listening to ayahuasca right here on Marion Live. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerata is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlife.com Core Certification Learning Tools to Attract, Build, and Sustain Great Relationships Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area www.marianlive.com What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life.net, the positive radio network. Back, everybody. We are so glad you are here. Everything you ever wanted to know about listening to ayahuasca, ayahuasca will tell you. <laughs> Rachel Harris is still listening to the voice of ayahuasca. She may be calling you. She may be a female to you. You know, whatever the case, whatever your relationship is, new, old, or you're just curious or gathering data yourself, you're in the right place. Rachel, your book has compiled a myriad of evidence for us to study, understand, and find our relationship with ayahuasca, if that's what we want, or just to learn more about. Maybe our loved ones are interested in journeying. I have many friends myself who who enjoy uh, the experience and make it part of their, it's sort of like a religion for them. Yes. Uh, and, and you said a, a psychotherapeutic aid. So whatever the case, um, your research when we were just coming to the break, um, we're trying to, is trying to measure the benefits. 
that people actually have gotten. And you've named some of the sort of miraculous things that can happen, these transformational kinds of experiences. Let's talk a little teeny bit about the mundane, and then I want to talk about a very important point, something called spiritual bypass after that, how we can actually be using this to avoid doing some of the deeper work. Right, right. Yeah, I do want to mention that there's this, I, I think it's a small percentage of people who wake up the next morning and say, I'm never drinking again, you know, my depression has lifted. For most people, there's sort of a process that gets started. And so there, the improvements are maybe a little bit more gradual. So I, I don't want everyone to expect, you know, some miracle cure. Yeah. But there is a, a general, a, a process that happens that's recognizable in somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not because it's just one process, but there's a therapeutic movement and improvement. Yeah. I remember when I had a, a spiritual awakening, and after I had it, the next thing I heard when I sat and prayed is, now you need to stay awake and let me help you do that. So uh, for me, it was about awakening when, yeah. I, when I listened to you, and then it's about having a practice to stay awake. That's what I'm hearing you say. Right, right. right. There's an like ongoing that. process, right. and and yes, the practice can help support it. Psychotherapy can help yep. support it. Right. There's a lot of interest in integration, meaning the the days or, or maybe a week or so after a ceremony. Right. But I'm really more interested in an ongoing therapeutic process, which extends into months. Absolutely. Yeah. Which takes us to the really important point of something we now call spiritual bypass. Uh, our culture loves the short-term quick fix. We want something to be changed forever. We don't want to have to do the work. We want to press here, click now, swipe left. How does ayahuasca fit into that conversation, and how should we be careful with that? Idea? Well, people can use any spiritual experience to bypass the basic emotional work that they need to do. And in that, in that way, um, uh, a spiritual bypass is a defense against psychological work. And so here's my best example of it. Somebody came to talk with me, and she was talking about her ayahuasca ceremony where she encountered the divine feminine. And she was ecstatic about it and and felt this was helping her become the woman she wanted to be. And she went on and on, and I just I couldn't stand it anymore. I switched from a research interview to a therapeutic intervention. And I said, how's your relationship with your mother? And she burst into tears. So there was work for her to do with her relationship with her mother. And it's wonderful to encounter the divine feminine, and I don't mean to downgrade that, but there was basic work that needed to be done that would then stabilize and support her experience of the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. But that was going to be down the road a bit. Hence earlier your psycho-spiritual approach to using this medicine. We have to respect both both levels. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And it's important. Um, I, I think there's, as I say, many paths up the mountain, and we're ready when we're ready. So we want to just go in with as many eyes open as possible here, including our heart eyes. Okay, we're coming up to the top of the hour, Rachel. Um, I know at the back of the book and all of your research, you've got a research questionnaire, which is not necessarily an invitation for ongoing research. No, the research I did is really complete. But so many people told me that even just filling out the questionnaire, which is filled with essay questions and questions that delineate how have you changed, that people felt it helped them to integrate their experience. So I wanted to include it because it gives a way for people to frame and structure what's been happening in their lives. Beautiful. And I like the uh, explicit nature in that. 
I think yes. there's so often such a mystique, even around the psychotherapeutic process or the spiritual process, that we um, need to ground that for it to be useful moving yes, forward. Yes, it's what, very practical. Yeah, the, the integration process. Okay. Yeah. What do you want to leave us with today? This is a lot for us to chew on and sit with and dream about and, and so forth, um, but what's important for you to leave us with today? You know, I think, I think it's real um, respect for what this medicine, what this plant ha- is, is bringing into our culture when we so desperately need help in our culture, in our, our country, and um, that we need to really respect it and respect the ritual surrounding this medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and not be casual about it, mm-hmm. and and not uh, be disrespectful. And that's something we didn't t- talk about this hour. Just to pause there for a moment, and you do discuss this extensively in the book. The lengths that folks go through, particularly the shamans proper, right? The indigenous yes. shamans spend days, three days, just creating a sacred space energetically, so people can feel safe in the space, et cetera. It, right. It, it's, it's important to understand that there is a sacred process involved for this to be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful, beautiful book. We're so glad that you took your time uh, out of your life and your own experience, but uh, to share all of this work with us, Rachel, we're really grateful. Thank you so much. Uh, future work, what's on deck for you? What are you doing next? You know, I honestly don't know. I, I feel like I'm in service to this book. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I think this is a, a completion in this whole process of responding and listening to ayahuasca. Beautiful. At least I hope it's a completion. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm not sure I'm ready for another project. <laughs> exactly. Well, it sounds like this might be your integration process, having the rest of us support you with our experiences and so forth, and I hope that's true. Yes, it is true. Thank you. All right. Well, you're welcome anytime on Marianne Live. And uh, thanks for being with us, Rachel. Thank you so much, Marianne. Okay, we're going to break, everybody. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back for our wrap and the third part of our practice that we do here together and letting you know who's going to be here next week, etc. right after these messages. Back in just a minute. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself the gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. 
ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 877 4 dad or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Gosh, I didn't know so much of what there was to know about ayahuasca, including how to spell it. Uh, I loved the idea that it calls you, that there is a spirit of ayahuasca, and that there's so many uh, therapeutic approaches, uh, and the value is extensive. So I am definitely a person who has shifted my relationship with understanding, and perhaps you have too. Get a copy listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. Uh, based on research that Rachel Harris, Ph.D., has done, extensive research, by the way. Um, okay, so next week joining us here on Mary Ann Live is uh, someone that I don't even know yet. <laughs> it's a mystery, just like Rachel said. I don't actually know. So what I do know is you can go to MaryAnnLive.com, sign up for our newsletter, and we'll let you know when you sign up for the newsletter. Uh, in the meantime, go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. That's the third part of your practice today, helping us all stay awake together, uh, doing our parts, doing my parts, and uh, I wish you every blessing until we meet next time. Take good care.